Okay, good morning. My name is Eric Vellum, and I'm with uh, Christ Only Ministries, preaching the Word of Christ to uh, all the earth and beyond. Um, it's been a couple weeks, I guess, since my last one, but uh, I'm here. And uh, I'm going to do another another one for you, and hopefully it will bless you, and it will be pleasing to God. And so, uh, before we start, let's uh, let's pray, and then we'll get on with it. Father, we uh, thank you, Lord, for this day, and we thank you for the uh, many blessings that uh, come our way, Lord, and uh, for the blessings that we recognize and appreciate. And for even those blessings that we don't recognize, and that uh, because we don't recognize them, we can't appreciate them. Nevertheless, Lord, you do bless us in so many ways, and uh, Father, you um, you uh, help keep us on the uh, the path that leads to eternal life. And uh, Father, we just uh, thank you that uh, that uh, you have not left us here as orphans, but uh, indeed have uh, given us a home. And you have uh, adopted us, uh, us as sons and daughters into your kingdom. And Father, we just thank you for that great opportunity. And we hold on to that faith and we hold on to that hope that is in you. For in the end, uh, nothing else survives except hope, faith, hope, and love. And Lord, we just uh, know that all else gets uh, burnt away and uh, all the... Uh, sinful desires and uh, the sinful things that we seek and do and and the uh, uh, the honors and all everything that comes with being a human being these will all be burned away and the only thing that will be left is uh, is uh, us standing before you clothed in the righteousness of your son Jesus Christ and uh, prepared to uh, live an eternal and joyful existence in you, Lord. And uh, we just love you for that, and uh, and we praise you, and we thank you for this sacrifice of your Son Jesus, that has uh, given us, opened up the stairway to heaven. Father, we um, just ask for a blessing upon these words that I'm about to speak. I just pray that they're not my words, but that the word, the words of the Holy Spirit. For you have promised us, Lord, that uh, when we speak in your name and when we speak before people and we speak before authorities, it will uh, tell us not to worry about the things we'll, we will say because the words will be given to us. And, uh, Lord, we just trust in that. And, uh, Father, we know uh, it is true. And so, Father, we just ask uh, um, that uh, the church would be edified that your uh, disciples would be strengthened and encouraged in their walk with you. And, Father, that uh, most of all the word here would be uh, pleasing to your ear and to your heart. And, uh, Father, that um, it would uh, accomplish that which you have purposed it for. So, Father, we love you and praise you, and we uh, pray all this in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior and our God and our King and our bondsman, and our redeemer, and our advocate, and the one who loved us. And uh, 
was obedient to your word even unto death so that he could fulfill your will and uh, provide for us a way into your presence. Father, we love you and praise you in his name. Amen. So I'm going to read uh, from chapter 13, verses 1 through 15, uh, uh, out of Matthew. And Jesus is speaking here. And uh, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rock, rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because, it, uh, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. And this is the reading from Matthew. So uh, basically I'm going to center this uh, little uh, uh, word around uh, the dandelion. Um, if there's a hated weed, I suppose it would be the dandelion. It, uh, it's uh, tenacious, it's prolific, it's, uh, it uh, sends its seeds everywhere. And for most people who uh, you know have their lawns and stuff, it's pretty much a losing battle trying to keep the dandelion out. And uh, although the flower is kind of pretty, but uh, for some reason we just uh, have set our hearts against the dandelion, and uh, so that's that. And we have all kinds of herbicides and ways of uh, dealing with the dandelion, and uh, so it's an ongoing battle. But nevertheless, this dandelion is, has uh, inspired a, a a word from me, and uh, it it all came about. Uh, I remember years ago when I had uh, work crews at the uh, at the prison where I worked, and we were up in Albany, and we were doing uh, we were weeding or something. And uh, one of the uh, inmates that was with me, he was another brother in Christ. Uh, he uh, 
I don't know, he was pulling weeds and he was just, uh, she was trying to get to this dandelion and we, you know, we started uh, laughing about the dandelion and all of a sudden, you, sudden he, uh, he just, you know, he couldn't pull it out. It, it was, and uh, so, we, you know, we started laughing about it and then he says, you know, that would make a good sermon. And I said, yeah, you know what, it would make a good sermon. So uh, I'm taking this uh, much uh, despised little weed and I'm going to... Uh, uh, hopefully have it produce some good fruit and um, the dandelion is noted for its uh, sturdiness and it's uh, the the root that it, its tap root that it sends, sends down that's uh, nearly impossible to extract uh, you know a lot of weeds you just you, you pull on them and and uh, and uh, you'll you'll get the whole weed and and uh, and the root and everything but not the dandelion if you just if you just uh, uh, cavalierly pull the uh, dandelion you're going to get you're going to get the leaves but you're not going to get anything else and uh, two days later you'll see that it is reemerged. so it's this uh, root that the dandelion sends down it uh, pretty much is what we're going to talk about here and uh, Jesus does talk about uh, the root as in 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 the uh, in the parable here and the necessity of uh, of having uh, good soil and and uh, putting down good roots and uh, and tapping into uh, tapping into roots tap into what nourishment and water and uh, that root is uh, is inspired by our faith and and it taps down into the uh, nourishment and the water that is Jesus and so uh, so that's uh what the purpose of the root is and uh this uh dandelion we can look at the dandelion in two in two ways we can look at the dandelion in a good way and that it's you know sturdy that it has a deep roots it's sending it down there and and uh, you know it's 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 hard to uh it's hard to eliminate or we can look at the dandelion as the evil root which is what I'm going to do right now and uh we'll talk about the the good root later so uh Let's say that the dandelion root is, you know, this this tap root that goes deep, and uh, you know, it's and it's difficult to extract. We'll call that the root of sin, and uh, we'll call the, uh, you know, uh, one of our epistle writers calls, uh, you know, the the root of bitterness, and don't 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 let that take take hold, and for it will defile many. So we'll call it the root of sin, and then how it how it uh, goes down deep, and. Uh, and let's face it, uh, there's all kinds of sin out there waiting to take root in our souls. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of temptations and there's all kinds of uh, ways that we can get off the uh, straight and narrow path. Jesus does say that the road, uh, the road uh, tells to salvation is narrow and the road to destruction is very wide. And it's true, you know, it's like, it's like everything in life that, uh, you know, that, that, that gets accomplished the road to the accomplishment is very narrow it's like um i play basketball pretty much every day right and there's a million ways there's innumerable ways that you can miss the shot but to make the shot the path is very narrow you know you can uh, if you're going to if you're going to make that shot you just don't have a lot of options it has to take one certain flight it has to take you know one certain arch and uh 
and and, and you know a, a certain amount of push and, and 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 stuff like that you know and and so the 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 road to a successful basket is very narrow but the road to an unsuccessful a missed shot is very very wide and it's like that in in, in with uh in life with everything if you want to accomplish something the uh do it well and do it right the road is very narrow you want to build a house Okay, the road to do it right, the way to do it right is narrow. There's a million ways to build a house that's going to fall down or it's going to become decrepit within 10 years. There's millions of ways of doing that. But there's only, you know, very few uh, uh, good ways of, of, of building a house that's going to stand the test of time. And in fact, with Christianity, it's even more strict because there's really only one way. There's only one name. So anyhow... There's all these sins that just uh, constantly swirl around us and uh, constantly, uh, uh, you know, try to try, try to make their entrance into our soul. And you know how I uh, how I picture sin. You ever uh, try to open a blister pack or um, uh, you know that hard plastic or, or or any type of sturdy plastic? You get these wrappers or you get these articles in these blister packs, right? And it's like. They're so hard to open up, and and you keep and you keep looking, you know, for that for that one little entrance point, for that one little way, for that one little direction they might have here, cut here, or or and 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 you're looking and you're looking and you're trying to find a way in, right? And 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 finally, you know, you you find a little opening, you create a little opening, and from that little opening, that little tiny opening, you breach the whole thing. Boy, you just rip it right apart. And that's the way it is with us, with our souls. Sin is always searching. You know, it desires to master us, as God says to Cain in uh, in Genesis. It desires to master us, but you must you must learn uh, to master it. And uh, you know, it is constantly seeking at the at the door to our souls, and and it's always trying to find a, a, a little entrance way. And boy, if we give it that little bit of an entrance way, it just doesn't stop. It just being a little, you know, just a little invasion. It just gets out there and it just spreads as wide and as deep as it can go, and as wide as and deep as you will allow it to go. It puts down roots. It puts down roots like that dandelion, deep, if you allow it. If you constantly engage in that in that sin, if you if you come to love that sin, if you come to depend upon that sin, if you come to look forward to that sin, if it's something that you can't resist and and then you don't even want to resist, it gets deeper and deeper. That root just gets deeper and deeper into your soul. It's finding good soil, not in the sense that it's good, but in the sense that it's fertile for what it's trying to accomplish, and that's the ruination of uh, of your being. So it sends down that root, just like that dandelion. And boy, what a son of a gun it is to get that thing out of there, just like that dandelion. You just don't pull that. You just don't pull uh, uh, at the at at the top of that dandelion and get it out. No, you don't. You you can't do that. What you will do is you'll pull the leaves off. And if you think you, that you've defeated that dandelion at that point, you're mistaken because you haven't. Because two days later, boy, there it is again. It's ready to go because that taproot, that very tenacious taproot, is 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 in there, just like that sin. Sometimes, you know, when we come to Christ, we uh, 
we uh, you know we shed the the uh, the uh, low hanging fruit of, of of sin. You know, we shed maybe maybe uh, a foul mouth, or we shed maybe you know something that we can just give give up. You know, maybe smoking cigarettes was never really that difficult, or or smoking pot or whatever like that. You know, so we just we shed this. But there's other sin that 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 you know is like pulling the leaves off. That's the easy stuff. But there's other sin, boy, that took root. And for a lot of people, it's a very, very deep root, and it's a, and it's a, and it's not something that's just gonna, it's just, uh, you know, gonna um, disappear. I suppose there's some people who, who, you know, when they come to Christ, they they can shed all that. I mean, I guess that happens. But I know in my case it didn't, and I know in most people's cases it didn't. That that this sin that has taken root, it t- it's going to take time, and it's not going to happen overnight, and it's going to be painful. For the deeper that root goes, the more painful the extraction is. And if God, and if you're a disciple of Christ, He is not going to let you live with that sin. He's not going to let you live with that root. Eventually, He knows it and you know it, that root is going to have to come out. And you're not going to like it. And God does it in innumerable ways. But He will get it out of there. Because you're not going to be able to stand before him with that with that in you. Because you still love that sin. More than you love Christ. And that just can't be. What he does with you at that point, I don't know. I don't know if there's judgment, eternal judgment upon you, or as Catholicism believes that there is a purgatory, a place of purging and repentance. But the point is, is, uh, is you don't want to go before the judgment seat with a sin that, that just still has a hold on you like that. And so that's the way you know that dandelion root is. It gets deeper and deeper. And it burrows down into our into our souls, and it spreads out little tentacles, and it's you know and and uh, it it takes a, all those tentacles create a, even a, even a firmer hold on our soul. All the while, it's it's just taking a grip. It's creating a grip that just will be so resistant to to pulling it out. You just don't pull out a dandelion if if. You have a a major rainstorm, and it really gets deep, and it and it loosens the soil. You might be able to take it out like that. There you have a chance. But uh, in the normal course of events, that 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 root is is embedded. And boy, what a son of a gun it is to get that thing out of there. And don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be pleasant. It's a nasty thing when it gets into your soul like that. Whether whether it be uh, whatever that sin might be, it might be envy or jealousy. It might be um, drug use. It might be uh, you know alcohol. It might be anger. It might be self righteousness. 
it might be lust, it might be envy, it could be innumerable things if we just constantly play with it and let it have its way with us and we don't learn to master it and we don't learn to give it up to Christ and we don't learn, it just keeps getting deeper and it just keeps shooting down further and further because we let that deep root grow in our spirits more difficult forsaking that sin becomes and the more radical will be the measures needed to deal with that sin it grows down and it takes a secure foothold pulling the leaves off is easy but boy getting that sin you know when we pull the leaves off we we think we think we've vanquished it you know how many of us have come to Christ and we and and uh you know we've been a, we've been able to say no to things that you know before we would just uh you know partake of and think nothing of it and 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 now because you know we're dedicated to Christ we drop those things off but we all know that there are certain things that we haven't left behind yet And so, um, the wise man, knowing how weak we are and how easily corrupted we are, uh, you know, the wise man tries to avoid uh, sin of any kind and certainly letting it take a deep root in them. But, uh, you know, most of us who have come from... uh, Backgrounds that we didn't take the call of Christ seriously, we weren't particularly wise in these spiritual matters, and we just kind of uh, blew it off. And so we allowed these some certain things to take hold. So uh, you know, and now that we're wiser, now we're going to have to deal with the uh, with the consequences and the ramifications of our earlier foolishness. You know, and and Solomon in uh, in the uh, in his writings there in um, yeah, well in his writings anyhow, well uh, Proverbs, good Lord, okay there we got it Proverbs. You know he warns us of the dangers of a uh, desiring heart and a roving eye. And you know, there's a there's a song uh, that was written in the 1960s, uh, and that just uh, kind of captures this whole thing. And uh, many of us that are my age will remember it. I don't know if any younger ones hearing it, but the House of the Rising Sun. It's a gambling house, and as it says in in the song, it becomes the ruin of many a poor boy. And God, he says, and God, he knows he's won. And you know he was warned in 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 this in this in this uh, song. He was warned by his mother to stay out of that, the house of the rising sun. But in his youthful foolishness, he uh, he doesn't listen. And he was lured he was lured into it and uh, thinking, well, he's not like the rest, and he's not going to get trapped up. But then it, you know it, he comes to the realization that he's uh, ruined himself as well. That he's just like the rest of humanity. He has let this sin of gambling, or if you know. Maybe it's a parable for another sin. I don't know, but um, this sin of gambling to take real deep roots in his heart and this and this and this place that he goes to and 
and uh, it's, it's basically ruined him. It's, he's probably bankrupt. He's probably owes a lot of people money. It's, it's, uh, his, uh, you know, whatever relationships he had are probably ruined. And now he, he he's just totally focused on gambling. And he just, uh, you know, he, he, he pursues it with a mania. With a mania. And um, so it's, it's, this thing is, it took a deep root in his heart. And, you know, many of us uh, will fall to and succumb to temptations like that, and uh, and we think that oh no, we're above that. We're never, never going to let this thing get take deep roots in us. But you know, it's not true because it's insidious. It's it's gradual. It's um, you know, it doesn't expose itself as an evil. You know, it tastes good in the mouth, but in the stomach, it's bitter, as the uh, as the uh, proverbs go. You know, it's not going to expose itself. It's not going to tell you, "Hey, you know, this is uh, this is bad news that you're doing this." But uh, you know, <coughs> um, you know, uh, don't worry about it. it. It's it's not gonna. It, it's you know, it's not going to tell you uh, exactly where it's going to lead you. But it does have plans for you. That's for sure. And uh, you're not going to like them. And it takes time to reveal itself, but it will reveal itself in due time. So that's you know that's that's kind of like the the nature of evil. You know, it just it, you just you know it finds a little opening in you, like that blister pack that I was speaking about, or you know even like uh, you know these old time uh, wars and battles they used to have. You know where. Where the king, you know, he's got his uh, in medieval times or even earlier times, they put up these walls or they put up these forts and they surround it with moats and they surround it with walls and and they make it as secure as possible because they they know there's danger out there and somebody somewhere is going to want to get through those walls and so and so the attack begins and and uh, you know they have their trebuchets and their catapults and uh, you know. They they take rocks and they just bang against that that um, that uh, that those fortress walls or they or they build ramparts and uh, and uh, they try to scale the wall with building these ramps and stuff and uh, and you know so it's like they're looking for a weak spot they're looking for an entrance point they're looking for a, a way into that fort because they know once they get in there that's when the real work is going to get done. So they keep pounding on it. Sometimes, the way I understand it, they, in, in these these uh, these wars, they, they they would lay siege to these places for weeks and months and even years, looking, trying to create a weak point, looking for that one little point that they could get in, and that's the way sin is. It, it it's patient. It's, it will take its time, and it'll may, maybe it'll take years, but it's always searching for a weak point. And when it let and when when it gets let in, boy, I'll tell you what, it's not content just to be let in. It's not a very nice guest. Okay? It doesn't consider itself a guest. It considers itself the master of what it just came in and took. And it's not just going to take, uh, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of candy bars out of the cabinet, and it's not going to take a, a glass of milk. No, it's going to take your refrigerator, and it's going to devour what's whatever you have in your cabinets, and it's going to lay waste to everything you have. And that's the way sin is, and that's always the temptation, and that's always the possibility.
So let us flee our youthful ways that lead to corruption and evil. Instead, let's put down that good root that runs into the living stream. And this stream wells up. This living water wells up into eternal life. This is the root that we want. We do want deep roots. We want, well, we want the roots of faith and we want the roots of love and we want the roots of righteousness and we want the roots that, 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 that Christ has showed us. We want those roots to take to go down deep and to find those living waters and to find that nourishment. And it takes time and it takes practice and it takes prayer and it takes living life. Sometimes it even takes enduring the consequences of your sin before you understand the nature of it. And then you can start putting down those good roots, searching for that water of Christ. And he says that whoever should come to him, he will never thirst again. And the woman asks, How can that be at the well? Because these roots. And this water, if these roots find me, the living water, it will well up into eternal life. And you will never thirst again. God bids us to. Jesus Jesus implores us to. Put down deep roots into this living water. To tap into that water. To tap into Jesus' ways of righteousness and peace. And send those roots down deep like Job did and like David did and Elijah and Elisha and Paul and all the apostles. So on that day of trouble and tribulation, which Jesus assures us is coming, we will not wilt. We will not, uh, we will not uh, uh, be uprooted. But that root that we have sent down in faith and, and tapping into the living water, that strong root, will endure these hardships, will endure these setbacks, will keep its eyes fixed upon Christ, who the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sitting down at the right hand of God. That is what he's bidding us to, to put that root down into that living water, so that when that day of crucifixion, when that day of, 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 of Satan's wrath comes upon you, you will be able to stand. You will be refined, and you will be tested. And only by having that deep root that taps in, and it says firm, as a firm hold on the things of God, can the temptations of this world be overcome? Chapter 11 of Hebrews tells us of the persecutions of those who shot down deep roots of faith. So that no matter what the persecution or the tribulation they endured, they were victorious. It gives a whole list of, of things that they endured. Because they saw something. They saw what God had planned for humanity and for them in due time. And they kept their eyes fixed on the city of God. And they forsook the city of man. Forsaking the, the sins and the temptations of this world because they kept their eyes fixed and they endured the persecution that came their way. How many people now in this world endure that type of persecution? I am amazed that there's even a Christian population in the Mideast 
my gosh, my hat's off to them. I respect their courage, their faith. Could American Christians survive uh, survive that type of brutality? I mean, they, they, ISIS, ISIS leads out how many men to slowly and methodically behead them in the most brutal of ways. And now one of those men turned their faith or turned their turned their face against Christ. They kept their faith and they would not denounce him. I mean, what kind of courage is that? What kind of root does that have man have? I hope in the day of tribulation that I have that type of courage, but I don't know because here in America it's just it's, uh, it's just I don't know, we, we, we face a little bit of social ostracization. Or uh, we, you know, we get, you know, uh, criticized, and uh, you know, they try to humiliate us. But boy, I tell you what, we don't, we don't come to anything close to the shedding of blood yet. And and it's just not like that, and just in in the, in the Middle East, around the world, they're imprisoned, they're tortured, they're they're beheaded, they're they're they're. You're probably skinned alive. Who knows what kind of other things are happening to Christians in in some of these uh, Islamic countries? I mean, you you will you will go to jail. They don't fool around. And uh, you know, I mean, in some of our even more moderate ones, like like I don't know, Pakistan or or whatever, you still get sentenced to death if you if you're found with a Bible. What kind of faith is that? Do we have that faith? Will God find faith on faith on this earth when he returns? Will Christ? Boy, my hat's off to him. What a what a root, what courage they have in their in their uh in their faith. So admirable. Are we willing as American Christians? Are we able I don't know if we're even even able. Maybe when the point of of testing and the point of tribulation comes, maybe we'll you know God God will provide the courage that we need for that moment in time. And there's no point in worrying about it now. Yeah, I believe He will. I mean, I think that that uh, you know it's it's not going to be our courage. It's going to be the courage of Jesus, and we're just going to stand and we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna fight in the way God wants us to, and we're gonna and we're gonna do what we have to do in that time. I think that's how it's going to go down, but I don't know. It's like Peter. It's like Peter when he was, uh, you know, he, he told Jesus, oh, I'll never forsake you. I'll never deny you. Heck, I, you know, I'm going to be with you right to the end, you know. And this is when, you know, he says this in the safety of, of that moment. But boy, when, when the rubber meets the road and, and, uh, and Jesus is taken away and he's getting crucified and he's getting tried and, he's, and you know, he's, he's been arrested and all these, this stuff is going down and he's right in the middle of this stuff, you know, and, and now... His courage is tested, and he falls flat on his face. Because the root really hadn't taken, hadn't really gone down deep yet. But Christ redeems him in due time. He builds him up again, and he creates him. To, you know, and, and Peter is is. Uh, and Peter is Peter, according to the Catholics. He's the you know he's he's the uh, head vicar. And if you're not Catholic, well, we certainly have respect for Peter for what he's done. 
So anyhow, this this root needs to go down deep, and that's how they and how the these people of old and and uh, and even people of now. This is how they withstand the tribulation and the uh, and the uh, and the and the torture and and whatever else has to be endured for the name of Christ. So that root that that root of the dandelion is a lot to teach us, both good and bad. You know, don't let that sin take hold. Because like that dandelion root boy, it's just going deeper and deeper and it's taking hold and it's tenacious and it's not going to let go without a fight. Then it also shows us what kind of root that that Jesus wants us to have, searching for that living water, finding that, that stream. Putting down that deep root so that so that when the time of tribulation comes, we, we we won't be shaken. We won't be so rattled that 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 we give up. That deep root provides us with the courage that will that we will need in those times, and the faith and the hope that we're going to need. And so that no matter how many hits we take. Because we know by faith, and we see and we know God's plans. We understand the purpose of this. We understand God's ultimate purpose in Jesus Christ our Lord, and that is to bring us to where He is, to share in His divinity, to share in His life, to share in His eternity, to share in His joy, to share in His riches beyond riches, to share in His glory, to share in His unfathomable mystery. People say, oh, well, what are we going to do there in, in heaven? And, oh, it'll be kind of boring, don't you think? I don't think we have any idea what heaven is like. I don't think there's there's any end to the mysteries and the awesomeness of God that that, that you know... All things are possible in in God, and and, and it's just He will be a just a, a complete joy and a complete source of of just contentment and 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 uh, just for those who need intellectual uh, stimulation, He's going to provide all you want. And for those who need to be just loved, He's going to provide all that that that's ever going to be needed. He's all things to all people for those who love Him. And Jesus talks about the good seed, where the man who receives the word quickly, he soon falls away because his root is not deep. It didn't have time to take root. It was shallow soil. So the temptations of this world come and quickly he, he falls away. But the one that falls into good soil into the noble heart, into the heart willing to receive it, to soft heart. It's like, you know, it's, it's hard for, for a root to develop in hard soil, callous soil, mean soil, sinful soil. But for the soil that, that's soft, that's willing to, to, to uh, accept the seed, it has a very good chance of taking of going down into it and, and finding the waters of life. We must learn to forsake the sin that so easily entangles us.
And sometimes the only way to get at that root that that's going down deep, a sinful root, is like, you know, Christ has to apply a herbicide. You know that just that whatever he applies just keeps getting going deeper and deeper and kills the root. And that'll be an unpleasant experience. I've gone through it. I know many have gone through it. The epiphany and the revelation is like, uh, ooh, ouch. And so we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So that we can put that down that good root and we can starve that bad root. And in due time, if we keep our eyes on Christ and and allow him to work on our souls and in our spirits and, and, and we take partake of the nourishment from the from the good root, sin loses its power and its shine. So we can be conformed more and more into the likeness of Christ by forgiveness and grace. We've got to keep that root nourished. Nourished in Christ. And we have to rely on the grace of God and the forgiveness of Christ that God showed us. Even Paul says, I do what I, what I hate and I hate the things I do. I mean, this, at some some point, I, you know, it's almost like okay, well, it's not our righteousness that's gonna that's gonna shine before God, but it's the righteousness of Christ whom we allowed into our into our souls. I've been a Christian for many many years, and and uh, I know some say that the doctrine of perfection is is achievable, and I say it's not on this earth, in this life. It's just simply not. I have never met a man even close to that point. Sin is always knocking at our door, and sin is always a temptation to, to let it in, no matter no matter who we are. So we always have to rely on Christ. There's no point that we were ever become self-sufficient. There's no point that we're that we're ever going to come to that we can cut ourselves off to the vine, from the vine and our, expect ourselves to be uh, to stay healthy. No, if you cut yourself off from the vine, everything you are, everything that you will be, everything that's been promised, every hope you have in Christ comes through Christ, comes through that vine and into you. There is no life without that vine. If you think you can cut yourself off because you can you can stand alone now, you're kidding yourself. Because it will just be a matter of time before that before what, that that branch starts to wither and, and die and will produce no fruit. So we have to stay connected and we have to put down that that root and find that living water and we have to stay there there's no separating us ourselves and standing alone and so Paul sounds like he's almost despairing about his sinfulness you know and he's but he but he but he cries out at the end who will save me from this body of death and he says our Lord and Savior, thanks be to Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, He's the one that's going to save us from this body of death. And it's that and it's and it's that root that we have to send down and it has to touch him. It has to it has to get into that living water. 
and just and just sit there and bathe in it and let it just draw up its nutrients into your soul and into your life. It's like one time I did a sermon on cotton candy. You know, it's like, okay, well, it sure does taste good, but there's no nourishment there. So if you're sending down roots and you're not touching the living water, I don't know, you're not getting very well nourished, that's for sure. You're probably sending down a root that 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 uh, that it's going to later have to be removed. So anyhow, that's the lesson of the dandelion, you know, the root, the good root, the bad root. Sending down the bad root, it's going to create hardship it's gonna it's gonna reap, reap its destruction and uh, and uh, sending down the good root finds that water of life in Jesus and uh, that's our hope and that's our faith and and that's our trust and that's what we look forward to just and and we and you know you just put that that root down there and just let it let it grow deeper and deeper into the bottomless uh, uh, river of life you know, and strong and healthy, so that the, so, so that it it, it uh, bears fruit in your life and in your own soul, and and it bears fruit as uh, for for God's kingdom, and and uh, you know brings other souls along. So we give thanks to God for that, and uh, that that you know He has given us uh, the opportunity to to uh, to take up that old root and and, and put down a new one. That lives in Christ. So, that's my dandelion sermon. Um, you know, basically, uh, the root of sinfulness is is uh, don't let it take hold. Don't give it the opportunity to take hold because it's not going to just come in as a guest, like I mentioned before. But it's going to, it's going to come as a, as a plunderer and an, and an invader. But Jesus comes in as a guest, and he's polite, and he's not there to plunder. He's there to restore and to give, and to give life and life to the full. He knocks at our door, you know, and it says it says in Revelation, he knocks at at the door of our hearts. He doesn't bang the door in. He doesn't come crashing in. He, he knocks at the door and says, and waits for the invitation. I love that that uh, that picture. I mean, that's who our God is. Satan is the one that comes crashing through with a uh, battering ram or... or, you know, he sneaks in through the window or he sneaks in some other way. But it's not, it's not what Christ does. He comes to our front door and he knocks politely, waiting for that invitation. So Jesus, we love you. We really do. We thank you for everything. We thank you for the wisdom you impart upon us. We thank you for the for the uh, for the for the opportunity. We thank you for the hope of uh, of eternal life. We thank you for for let us letting us in on your plans and revealing them to us because you call us friends now we're, we're not necessarily servants anymore because the servants don't know the plans of the master but his friends do those he calls friends he lets know the plans of the master and we know your plans Lord we know 
what the end game is here. We know what you're trying to do because you've revealed it to us because you love us and you trust us. So thank you, Lord. Okay, folks, that's that's about it. That's a wrap. And uh, I hope that was edifying to you. I certainly hope it was edifying to to God and it was pleasing to his ear and and I hope that it will st uh, strengthen all of us and uh, to beware that we don't let any roots of bitterness or sin start their little path down into uh, our souls. But that our root is uh, has found the living waters, has found Christ, and that will spring up into eternal life for each and every one of us that proclaims Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Okay, so that's about it. I shall read from Ephesians and uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Ephesians chapter 3. And this is what Paul writes. This is the best paragraph in the whole Bible. Um, except for maybe some other ones. Anyhow, so here we go. Uh, chapter 3, uh, verse uh, what is this? 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. I love you all in Christ.